Jason Payne, Radio Sport Mornings, Radio Sport. Tuesday mornings, we wrap Premier League action from the weekend with a different contributor each Tuesday. It's a great pleasure to welcome in today football writer for Telegraph Sport, Adam Hurry. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Jason. How are you? Yeah, great, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Let's have a look at the latest round of matches. Liverpool, the only side to have won their first three. They beat Arsenal 3-1 at home. How impressed have you been with Liverpool so far this season? Well, I think um, I think the thing that stands out with them is just how many options they have going forward. Um, this is what they were displaying at the end of last season, and the momentum has just carried on into this season. They have they have their you know their established front three, but then they have this kind of unique aspect to their game where they have flying fullbacks, which no other team really has deployed as effectively as they have. So um, it was displayed against Arsenal. Really, they were kind of frustrated for a little while, and then they found their way through, not by force, just by through sheer options. And uh, I, I think they're going to push Man City all the way again, I have to say. Yeah, they haven't added to their squad, have they? Which I guess some people have raised an eyebrow about. But really, where would they have strengthened? Is there any obvious lack of depth in any position at Liverpool? Well, if, you think, if you were being pedantic about their team, you would you would perhaps say that there isn't much of a playmaker presence in the middle of their midfield. But that's just not how the way Klopp goes about things. It's all about pace and aggression. There isn't much time for a playmaker to, to sit on the ball and survey his options in the middle of the field. So their, their, their centre of their midfield is, is more of an engine room, really, in the classic English sense. It's all about covering ground and, and, and hassling the opposition. So, um, you know, they don't really need a player like that. And, and to his credit, Klopp has never really asked for something like that. And he's taken great pleasure in the fact that his team didn't need an overhaul this summer. And, and that's one thing that set sets Liverpool and Manchester City apart from the rest is that they don't really need any major overhaul each summer. They are just a they are just a pair of juggernauts that keep going. Want to get to Manchester City in a second, but but Arsenal, Adam, how do you assess the Arsenal of 2019-2020 so far? Well, I mean, a lot of observers thought that they went about things the right way at Anfield. You know, um, Liverpool are going to tear most teams apart at home and I think Arsenal they were quite positive and I think and that's a good thing that's the thing you want to see from your team unfortunately there's this thing that seems to follow Arsenal around is this propensity to shoot themselves in the foot and when you've got someone like David Luiz who is kind of rather unfairly painted as a as this kind of clown figure but he was he was signed for one reason that was to provide some experience and personality to it to a back four that didn't have either of those things really and uh, unfortunately he proved to be the weak link uh, at Anfield, so but I, I think he's still going to be ultimately a positive signing for them. It's just that at last season, the impression you got from Arsenal was that they were they were a bit of a muddle, and I think Unai Emery has hasn't really settled on his on his game plan just yet. Um, the best thing you can say about Arsenal is is that they still have a very potent front three in theory, if if he ever opts to play them all at the same time. So um, I, th- I think they're going in the right direction, you know, um, and they were they were stagnant under Wenger at the end of end of his reign. But um, Emery is is slowly ticking along, but uh, they, they haven't really made a dramatic step forward yet. Let's go to Manchester City. After their draw with Spurs, they were back to winning ways three one at Bournemouth. Would they still be the favourites in in the eyes of most people to to win the title again? Unquestionably, I think. Um, uh, Guardiola made some very careful signings in the summer. They, they still spend a hell of a lot of money, but you, you see the way they play. Um, I, I mentioned how Liverpool have options on the ball. Manchester City have a whole kind of, you know, a la carte menu of options when they have the ball. It, it, it's, they're, they're such a sight to behold. And, and, some, and they've got into a habit now of 
not being particularly emphatic in possession. They scored simple, tidy goals against Bournemouth. It was just three very, very tidy finishes inside the box. And um, they just they, they will just pick a way through you every single time. And, and uh, I think it's getting to the point where people are starting to get a little bit bored of Manchester City, much in the kind of same way that people were getting a little bit tired of Spain's dominance at international level. It's just that kind of same thing over and over again. I think that's probably quite a sad reflection on, on their part because they are they can turn it on if they want to. It's just a lot of the time it's just pure efficiency and that's all they need. Mm, so interesting. Uh, let's have a look at some of the other teams. Uh, after back-to-back losses, Newcastle went to Tottenham and won 1-0 there. I see Christian Eriksen didn't start for Spurs as speculation continues over his future. Uh, Tottenham will win a draw and a loss for them. Would they still be favourites for third? It doesn't seem as though they can push the, the top two, but would they still be favourites for third? I, I, I'd still back them to finish comfortably in the top four. Um, and third place is very much theirs for the taking, I think. it's it's. Um, I wouldn't be too concerned if I was a Spurs fan about their start to the season because it's a, it, although Pochettino used the word unsettled this weekend, which rings a few alarm bells about his squad, it's still a very, very powerful, driven squad. And they needed to add faces. He's done that. But Pochettino's Pochettino is, is not the sort of manager just to throw new signings in for immediate impact. He wants to get his new signings into the way, his way of thinking. His, his squad are an incredibly well-drilled side. Um, but unfortunately, um, Spurs are realising that when you're a big team and you're, and you, you're a team full of talent and you're challenging at the top, teams will come to your place and they will, they will set up shop and they, and they will try and frustrate you. And um, they're, they're, they're not the first team, and they won't be the last team to try and have to figure a way through that. And um, but I, uh, having said that, I think it was a mistake not to play Ericsson from the start um, because you need that lock picker. And uh, if Giovanni Lasolso, the new signing, isn't ready to be playing that role, then you need someone in there. You can't you can't just drive Newcastle into the ground. And uh, but full credit to Newcastle because they played that, that underdog backs to the wall role incredibly well. And when you've got a player like Joel Linton up front who is a willing runner, he can hold the ball up and then as we can see can finish as well then you've got a puncher's chance and it's exactly how it turned out. Manchester United for the second week in a row missed a penalty, again it was costly, even more so this time, they lost 2-1 at home to Crystal Palace what's your summation of life at Manchester United at the moment? I just, they just seem to be kind of low-key soap opera all the time I mean, I, the thing that struck me about the penalty drama that's been sort of rolling throughout last week was that if it had happened to any other club, I don't think we'd be talking about it. If it had happened to Chelsea or Leicester or Crystal Palace, it would barely make the mentions in the newspapers. But Manchester United are just this kind of soap opera that bubbles under. And um, when Rashford stepped up for that penalty against Crystal Palace on uh, on on Saturday, you just you just thought he couldn't possibly miss this. This this saga can't possibly have one more twist. And then he hits then he gets, hits the post. You know, carries along across the goal line, and you think this is just this is almost unscriptable. Uh, and Manchester United just cannot break out of this this kind of circular drama that they find themselves in, and gather any momentum in the opposite in the right direction. Um, and uh, Solskjaer is, has done a very good job in kind of talking his way out of any any kind of crisis situation. But you can see underneath, he hasn't quite got to grips with his squad and his players, and and they still seem a world away from challenging. Chelsea had their first league win under Frank Lampard. What do you predict for Chelsea this season? 
uh, an incredibly exciting season, but not necessarily in a wholly positive way. I think <laughs> their, their first three games have been absolute chaos. And I, I, I wrote last week, and this didn't go down ex- particularly well, but I wrote last week that Chelsea could end up being the neutrals' favourites this season because they are so entertaining to watch. Their, their games have been absolutely thrill a minute. And, but one thing I did notice against, against Norwich, despite the kind of um, chaotic scoreline, is that they are slight, starting to tighten up at the back. They are starting to come around to um, the fact that their back four is going to have to be one-on-one quite often. But as an attacking force, they are they are steadily improving as well. But against Norwich, they, they it was like knife through butter at times. Mason Mount was superb. Sammy Abraham staked his claim for, for a centre-forward position superbly well. And um, I think Chelsea are just going to be thoroughly entertaining this season. And uh, what what will eventually come out in the wash after all after all those goals you know, at both ends is, remains to be seen. But I think they've got a decent chance at the top four. But somewhere along the way, they're going to give everyone... A huge smile on their face, I think. Leicester City went to Sheffield United and inflicted their first loss of the season. Uh, Leicester, uh, are they a realistic top six proposition? They're unbeaten after, albeit, three games. Would they would they be a top six prospect? I, I think it's incredibly difficult to break into that top six. What you're essentially relying on is, is one of those big clubs to have an absolute nightmare. And um, but Leicester are well positioned for that. Um, both them and them and Wolves have, have settled squads, but still have that element of surprise about them. There's still there's still a freshness to them, and, and you still get the sense that their game plans haven't quite been worked out by anybody yet. Um, but Leicester, as a, Leicester are just so dynamic, and and they've got this perfect specimen up front in Jamie Vardy, who who is so well designed for their game plan, and just hanging on the edge of defenders' shoulders and racing onto things. And he will do that week after week, game after game, because that's all he wants to do. And uh, his celebration in front of the Sheffield United fans, because he's a he's a uh, Sheffield boy, of course, but a Sheffield Wednesday fan, was um, was probably the picture of the weekend because they were giving him a huge amount of healthy abuse, and he was happily taking it. So, um, but yeah, Leicester are Leicester are a positive influence in the Premier League. That they give some serious substance below the top six, and uh, it's good to see a team like that upwardly mobile and and, and making things interesting. And just on the uh, the promoted sides, as I say, Sheffield United with their first loss. They've begun pretty well. Aston Villa beat Everton 2-0 for their first win. Everton, uh, rather, Norwich lost 3-2 to Chelsea. Uh, of the three, Adam, who do, you, who do you feel is best equipped to stay up? Could they all stay up? I think I think it would be difficult for all of them to stay up. Um, I, I, I'd say Sheffield United are an interesting case because their manager has very peculiar standards. He, he he mentioned this weekend that he doesn't want his players being applauded off for effort. He always expects effort. He wants quality from them. And I think that's the one thing that will be lacking from them. They might put 110% in each weekend, but I just don't think they've got the Premier League quality throughout their team, even if they do have a few tactical innovations. I just don't think that they'll, you know, over a 38-game season that they will have enough. Norwich will, will be an interesting one because they flat-out refuse to change their style of play to suit the Premier League. They went to Liverpool on the opening day were bright on the ball, but then got blown away. The same pretty much happened against Chelsea at the weekend as well. They, they, they just couldn't trade blows. So it's going to be interesting to see how Daniel Fark sets that team up over a 38-game season. I'd like to think that a positive team like that, an attacking, adventurous team, have a, have a decent chance of staying up. Um, and it, and if, if you have the ability to score goals, and you've got Timu Puki, and, and, he, and he continues that sort of form, then they have a decent chance. As for Aston Villa... It's it's a tricky one because they 
they brought in so many players over the summer and some criticised them for that and others thought, well, this is what you have to do to bridge the gap between the Championship and the Premier League. But fixtures like Everton at home, if you pick up valuable points in those in those games, then you do have a decent chance. But I would say of the three, I would fancy Norwich the most. Adam, it's been great to get your analysis on the latest uh, round of Premier League action. Thanks for joining us on Radio Sport New Zealand. Thank you so much, Jason. Have a good one.